Good morning, good morning, good morning, world. Good morning, Lincoln, and welcome to Lavender Hill here on KZM Lincoln, KZM HD, 89.3 on the FM and online at kzm.org. Or perhaps you're using your handy-dandy, smarter-than-a-calculator device and listening to the show on your favorite mobile listening app, such as TuneIn or Next Radio. Or you could be listening up to two weeks from original broadcast date by visiting the uh, KZUM archives at kzum.org slash archives. However it is that you're listening, I'm glad you're here, and I hope you enjoy the music and get something out of the different topics that I bring up today. As soon as we get some uh, technical difficulties hammered out of the way, I'll be joined by Gretchen, uh, the uh, chairperson for the Star City Pride Parade Committee, and we'll be talking about Star City Pride's parade coming up in just a couple of weeks where I have the honor of being the lead MC. I don't get to walk around the Capitol building this year. I get to stand up on the north steps and tell you who's coming by. A little bit of a difference. And well, if you know me, you know I don't like talking in front of people. Thankfully, I have a microphone in front of me and I can take my glasses off. <laughs> All righty. So we just heard from uh, Adia Victoria with Different Kind of Love. And while uh, I'm uh, figuring out how I'm going to try to switch gears to get Gretchen on, uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, just cover real quick here uh, one of the stories I've got pulled up because this one's going to make you scratch your head because I really can't believe that politicians would do this well wait a minute we're in the united states it's it's 2022 we had four years of adult 45 yeah politicians will do just about anything according to an article by john russell from friday june 3rd 2022 over on uh, lgbtqnation.com ohio republicans have passed a bill requiring get this genital inspections for school sports Try that one on for size, or maybe not. Uh, late Wednesday night, Ohio Republicans passed a bill requiring certain high school and college athletes competing in women's sports to have their genitals inspected to, to ensure that they are not transgender. HB 61, known as the Save Women's Sports Act, was intended to prevent transgender women and girls from participating in school athletics. Under the Ohio School Athletics Association's current guidelines, Transgender women and girls must have completed a minimum of one year of hormone treatment and or demonstrate that they do not possess physical or physiological advantages over, quote unquote, genetic females of the same age group. So, yeah, uh, just to kind of recap there for you in case you missed it, certain high school and college athletes who identify as uh, trans women are going to be potentially subjected to eh, well you could put it this way because it's not a requirement in most other cases sexual assault just to prove that they can participate in the sports yeah you can read that whole article if you want to over on lgbtqnation.com I'll have that link on our Facebook page for Lavender Hill here after well, after I get back from a uh, road trip up to Council Bluffs. But uh, while I'm going to be getting things straightened out so that we can get Gretchen on the line to talk about the Pride Parade, how about I just go ahead and slip into another piece of music? A little unexpected here, but hey, I've got music, so why not? Uh, we're going to hear from Against Me with Stop.
I think that's kind of an appropriate title of a song right after that article. All righty. Well, yeah, stop, take some time to think, and I think those Republicans there in Ohio need to do that. All right, well, we're going to kind of keep in the world of politics here, and, well, it is Pride Month, so you would expect me to be talking about that a little bit as well, I'm sure. A conservative candidate for the Board of Education by the name of Heather Fletcher, and this is in uh, Brunswick, uh, Maryland, took it upon herself to check out all the books in a pride display to, quote, protect children's innocence. An article, again, from LGBTQNation.com that I'm referring to here. This one by Daniel Villarreal from Friday, June 3rd, 2022. Heather Fletcher, a conservative candidate for the Frederick County Board of Education in Maryland, recently checked out 20 books from a Pride Month display at the Brunswick Public Library to protect children's innocence, she said. She checked out the books on Tuesday and also took a library cup full of pronoun pens which help people display the pronouns they use. So, okay, let's take everything away from people who may actually need it and steal a cup full of pens. Okay. I'm not sure what her point there was with that one. Uh, But uh, she said disingenuously uh, to the Frederick News Post, this has nothing to do with the gay community. It has to do with the preservation of innocence. She said she felt disturbed that her three kids or other children might see the word queer on a book and then ask age-inappropriate questions. Miss Fletcher, you're a mother. You know this. Kids ask questions when they're ready to ask those questions. They could be three. They could be 13. They're going to ask the questions because that's what they're curious about. And I highly doubt that a child at the age of three or even the age of eight is going to be asking questions that a child psychologist would deem age inappropriate. So maybe you need to pull your head out and pay attention to your own kids instead of sticking your nose in everybody else's business. But that's just my opinion, of course. Uh, The candidate continued her anti-LGBTQ crusade, to go back to the article here, uh, during a Wednesday night meeting of the Frederick County Public Library's Board of Trustees, where she complained about taxpayer money being used to purchase the pronoun pens. The only problem... She was wrong. The pins were purchased through a volunteer program called Friends of the Library. And Frederick County Public Library spokesperson Samantha Jones cleared that up. But despite claiming not to have a problem with the LGBT community, Ms. Fletcher was one of several school board candidates who opposed the inclusion of sexual orientation and gender identity into updated elementary health curriculum guidelines. So, yeah... Pot, kettle, bigot? Mm, maybe. I don't know. I'm not there. You just get to hear my own opinion about things right now. All righty. Well, uh, let's go on and stick with politics, but uh, this might be a little bit 
different for you. A gay mayor wants to show queer people they can achieve anything after their historic appointment. According to Emily Chudy, writing on June 3rd, 2022 for pinknews.co.uk, the first openly gay mayor of Sandwell there in the UK has grand plans to make his community a better place for LGBTQ plus folk. Richard Jones was appointed mayor of Sandwell near Birmingham on Tuesday, the 24th of May. He is the youngest and first openly gay man elected to the role, and his partner is the first gay man to serve as mayor's consort. I guess that's what they call them there. Uh, history was also made as uh, Councillor Jackie Taylor was appointed the first black woman in the role of deputy mayor of Sandwell. So history, history, history. Uh, Jones, who was born and bred in Sandwell uh, near Birmingham, said in a speech when he was appointed that it was especially poignant to be made mayor in 2022, the 50th anniversary of Pride events in the UK. Speaking to Pink News, he said, Sandwell is such a diverse place. We have many different minorities living locally, and I think the... I think to have representation for one of those minorities is brilliant, especially to be the mayor and not to mention the deputy mayor being a representation as well. Kind of sounds a little bit like... um, Oh, I don't know, the Lincoln community, one of the most diverse communities I've ever lived in. Uh, So, yeah, there could be some room for change here as well. But uh, I'm going to get back to Gretchen and see if we can't figure out what's going on. I'm glad I've got, you know, like a four-hour playlist of Pride music to pick from for backup here. So, uh, you know, we're going to go to Melissa Etheridge now with uh, I'm the Only One, you know. Alrighty there, Melissa Etheridge with I'm the Only One. And, uh, well, we finally got things figured out to bring Gretchen on. So I'm just going to go ahead and hopefully get her slid in there. Are you there, Gretchen? If I hit all the right buttons, you'll be there. (laughs) (laughs) I think you were right. Merck Wretch is really still in play here with, at least with me today. I don't know what's going on. But how are you doing today, Gretchen? I'm great, Phil. Good, good, good. Good. Did you enjoy your vacation? Oh, yes. I I really was struggling to want to come home. (laughs) But pride awaits, right? (laughs) That is for sure. And you are joining us today to talk about, is it the Pride Parade in particular you're talking about today? I've got so many things on my plate I can't remember. Well, you know what? We can actually talk about both. I am just getting ready to send out um, our sponsorship packets. Um, for the information on sponsor vendors and our parade. So it's this is all very timely. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got the most vendors that we have ever had with a total of 80 uh, participating vendors this year. Um, and then for our parade, um, we also have almost 50 participants this year. So we're super excited and we appreciate the support. Wow, 80 vendors, 50 participants for the parade, and of course, that's just 50 individual participants. You add everybody who's actually participating with those 50, and oh my goodness. Yeah, it's incredible. We're super excited. Uh, Because what I understood, uh, you've got uh, two groups of the Derby Girls? We do. So two groups of of 20, uh, one that is their standard group and then the other that is their junior division. Oh, Um, so and and we had so many we've had such an overwhelming response from our our sponsors and some of our our community entries that 
wanted to have more than 20 um, walkers participating, um, you know, collectively. And we, we just couldn't handle that this year. So, you know, we're going to take a look at it next year and, and try to increase the size. But I'd say we've got probably at least 10 that have 20 um, that, that will be participating, 10 individual companies. So that's an awful lot of people rock, walking around the Capitol. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, do you think the pavement can handle it? <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, and it is, there is something to note. We are asking folks, since, since we can only limit it to 20, um, that if you are participating and there are more than 20, that you get a great spot along the parade route to cheer your company or uh, community organization on. Um, and you can arrive as early as 745. We'll have the streets blocked off at that time to grab your spot along the parade route, which is just going to be that big stretch, that big square around the Capitol from mm-hmm. 14th to 16th and then K to to G, I believe it is. I, I'm probably mangling that. But we'll have plenty of great shaded spots and um, spots in front of the Capitol, both on the Capitol side and uh, across the street along the route as mm-hmm. well. And remember, folks, it's June in Nebraska. So uh, bring an umbrella and your sunblock. <laughs> Yeah, basically anything could happen, right? Yeah, anything could happen. <laughs> Fingers crossed, knock on wood. I'm not going to say that that nasty S word that uh, happens mainly during the winter, but it is Nebraska, <laughs> so it could still happen, but I doubt it. Anywho, now that I've said that, it's probably going to happen and everybody's going to yell at me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're super excited to have you as our MC, one of our MCs this year. Um, just to remind everybody, you were one of our grand marshals for the inaugural parade last year, and we can't thank you enough for that. And now you're coming back for more extensive duties mm. uh, to announce our participants as they come around. Um, so we're excited to have you, Phil. Yeah, from what I understand, uh, both my employer and one of the other community organizations that I work with plan on having a contingent there in the uh, spectator area. So that's going to be quite fun. I might actually get to meet some of my coworkers since we all work from home. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so there's, oh my goodness, there's going to be so much going on with the parade. And again, that's uh, the spectators can start arriving as early as 745. Parade kicks off at Gretchen. Are you still there, Gretchen, or did I lose you? I think I may have lost Gretchen there momentarily. I'm going to keep the line open for it just in case. But yeah, the parade kicks off at 9.30, a little bit earlier than last year, but that's just because of how many more participants there are. And, of course, from there we get to uh, you know move as many people as want to over to the uh, mat lot there uh, for the festival itself. The festival officially kicks off for Saturday's events. I believe it's at one o'clock the first thing on the stage is going to be pride your pet a uh, pet pride parade there across the stage uh, and the only people who can participate in that with their pets are those who have a ticket for saturday's event whether it's a weekend pass or just a day pass ticket 
and that is uh, being sponsored by one of the uh, businesses sponsoring Star City Pride's festival this year. Uh, so pride your pet and, you know, whatever pet you want to bring, just, you know, be aware cats and dogs don't always mix and it might not be the most appropriate weather for your goldfish. Yes, somebody mentioned that they do their goldfish or something. But uh, anywho, we are going to be having a whole lot of fun there. KZUM is going to have a table, as almost always, there at Star City Pride. So you can come say hi to some of your favorite uh, on-air personalities here from the Lincoln community. Uh, and that's also the same weekend as Juneteenth. So uh, you might not get to see everybody you would expect to see at Pride. But, you know, you can... Go to both events. It's fun. Get that Juneteenth going on as well as, you know, we've got Jazz in June and the uh, Stransky Park Concert Series kicked off this past Thursday as well. It was supposed to be the week before, but, you know, we had monsoon season here. Uh, all righty. Well, I don't think Gretchen's going to be able to get back in for whatever reason. And we are about halfway through the show, so we might as well get ready to do our bottom of the hour, which, of course, I don't have queued up because I was trying to get everything else straightened out. So you know what that means, right? If I don't have it queued up, you get bonus music, right? Okay, so we are we're going to hear Lady Marmalade. Might as well, right? And this is not from the Moulin Rouge soundtrack. This is a bit older. All righty, as the board tries to fly apart here on me, we are back after Lady Marmalade. I'll fix that here. Don't worry, Stefan, if you're listening. I didn't break it. It just popped. There we go. It's there. Okay, so while I am uh, doing my usual uh, nothing's working the way that I was expecting it to go day, uh, there we go. I forgot to plug my laptop in when I got here this morning. And, well, I get almost two and a half hours without worry, but not quite three. Okay, so how about some sports news? That's not something you get to hear from me all that often because, well, you know, I'm not a very big sports fan. But this is some news that's history as well. In 1978, the L.A. Dodgers traded uh, Glenn Burke, because its manager disapproved of him being gay, and now, 44 years later, they're finally honoring his trailblazing athleticism. So, yes, the Los Angeles Dodgers, a pro baseball team that once mistreated Glenn Burke, the first out gay player in Major League Baseball, is now honoring his legacy and his family at its ninth annual Pride Night event that was, uh, well, what was that? Yep, this uh, past Friday. So over 40 of Burke's family and friends are ex were expected to attend the event. And during that event, the Dodgers took a uh, moment to officially honor him. Its players also wore custom rainbow caps, a first for the franchise. So there we go. Uh, Glenn probably would have said, dang, about time, said Lutha Burke Davis, uh, Burke's eldest sister. He'd be grinning from ear to ear. He would be thrilled that he was thought about that much. In 1978, the Dodgers baseball team traded Burke to the Oakland A's because the Dodgers general manager at the time, Al Campanis, uh, disapproved of his homosexuality. Campanis purportedly tried to hide Burke's sexuality from the public by offering him $75,000, which was a lot of money in 1978, to get married. Burke incredulously replied to him, to a woman? 
There we go. A little bit of his humor going on there as well. All righty. Well, for you sports fans, especially you baseball fans out there, if you want to read that whole article, it's over on LGBTQNation.com. Daniel Villarreal writing again uh, for Friday, June 3rd, 2022. And I've got a little bit of other stuff going on here. We are going to... We've had COVID. We've talked about that pandemic and how that's affected people and how it's still affecting people. Well, if COVID wasn't enough, we have monkeypox now. Now, I have not talked about that on the show, even though it's been out and about, if you will, for a while. And there's a whole lot of uh, misinformation related to it. And rather than me do any kind of speculating... I'm going to uh, save my own reputation as well as that of the radio station and just refer to the article direct here for you. This one is from May 24th. It's one that I avoided last week because I wanted a little bit more time to look at things. Patrick Keller uh, writing for uh, pinknews.co.uk. Monkeypox, according to the uh, headline here, experts explain why it isn't a gay disease and warns of the risk of stigma. Uh, there's been a great deal of panic about monkeypox in recent days and weeks as uh, health officials confirm more and more cases. Again, remember, this is an article from the 24th of May, so it's a little bit outdated here. Uh, you know, with, with viruses, everything changes quickly. But that concern, if you will, is somewhat understandable up until now because monkeypox has primarily spread in parts of Africa but in recent weeks it has been spreading in communities in the UK, Spain, Portugal and now the United States this article doesn't say that so I'll throw that in there uh, according to the UK Health Security Agency uh, gay and bisexual men have so far been disproportionately affected that fact alone has led to heightened panic within the LGBTQIA community with many worried about contracting the virus. Many others are worried about the prospect of monkeypox being seen as a gay disease. LGBTQ plus people who remember the early days of the AIDS epidemic will know too well that a rapidly spreading virus can be used as a weapon against marginalized communities. That's why it's so important we avoid stigmatizing LGBTQ people in the way we talk about the virus. According to the Mateo uh, Pachaska, uh, an infectious disease epidemiologist from uh, the UK's uh, health service there. Uh, he's also a gay man living in London, which gives him a unique perspective on the own unfolding situation. To quote from him, I'm so concerned that the discourse around this infection is going to become more prevalent and intersect with discourses that are homophobic, especially with pride season upon us and what it means for us as a community. Uh, right now, experts are still trying to figure out exactly why it is that monkeypox appears to be spreading among queer men more than any other. There is no evidence to suggest that the virus is sexually transmitted, but that misconception is already rife coming, uh, you know, coming from among many people because of the way media outlets are reporting on the unfolding situation. I'm done with the article. Because I have to give some commentary here. I can't just leave that, that little bit alone right there. Media outlets. We well know, those of us who grew up in the 80s and 90s, we well know that the media likes to uh, sensationalize diseases. We even uh, know that much more now because of COVID that, uh, you know, 
there's very little reporting involved with many media outlets, and I'm not going to name any of them. You know who you are, uh, or your listeners out there know who I'm talking about. It's more uh, infotainment. Now, granted, you could say the same thing about Lavender Hill, that it's infotainment because of all the music that I play. But I try not to sensationalize things. I may be guilty of that from time to time. We all are. But if you're going to be following a story like this, or like COVID, or like you know some hate crime that happened somewhere, get balanced news. If you can't get a balanced news service, which there's so few and far between for those, then listen, watch, read multiple news services and form your own conclusions, form your own opinions about things. Do some of your own research. You hear me push for that quite often, for you to research for yourself. Make your own decisions. And that's especially important when it comes to things that affect marginalized communities. Now, one thing that I did not get to with this article and that many people may not be aware of, monkeypox, like just about any pox, P-O-X, is related to the same virus that causes chickenpox and the same virus that causes shingles. So there is some speculation that if you've had chickenpox that you may not be susceptible to monkeypox. That's just speculation right now. There has been no scientific proof that shows that that is 100% the case. Because as we all know, you can have chickenpox as a kid and you can get shingles as an elderly person. They're related viruses. So just because you've had one doesn't mean that you're going to be immune to another. All right. That being said, and I'm going to throw out there, I am not a medical expert by any stretch of the imagination. I just do my own research like I encourage you to do as well. I'm going to move on and I'm going to randomly pull some music here because I've kind of went over all of the music that I was going to initially play today. So we'll pull something else over here. Oop, can't play that one. Um, <laughs> the one that jumped off the screen. I'll just tell you the artist is Lavender Country. And if you're familiar with him from the 70s and 80s, then you know what I mean by I can't play that. Um, so let's see here. Oh, played that one too recently. Is that the radio edit? I got to make sure here. Got to make sure. Yes, this is the radio edit. You know, it's little Nasax. Got to make sure it's the radio edit there for you. Uh, first one of his that I ever played on the show. I'm going to play it for you again today. While I get my gear switched because it, we're not too far away from actually wrapping up the show. And I just got to figure out how am I going to do that today? Nothing went as planned. That's what I mean. Okay, so here we go. Montero, call me by your name, Little Nas X. This is the official clean version. Remember what I was saying about, you know, technology having issues and all that? All of a sudden, the board does not want to flip over for the mic I was using. So we'll just see what happens here. So maybe I did actually accidentally do something. But anywho, so that was uh, Little Nas X with uh, Montero. Call me by your name, and I got that fixed. I knew I could. There we go. Hey, hey. I don't have to call Stefan. <laughs> All righty. Well, the, uh, one of the last things that I'm going to talk about here news-wise is I haven't really talked about what's been going on in the Ukraine lately. Hasn't been 
something that's been right there as my focus because, you know, preparing for Pride Week, started a new job. We all know what that's like. So over here, uh, Sarah Ashton uh, Cirillo writing for LGBTQNation.com. This is an article from yesterday, Saturday, June 4th. LGBTQ life is thriving in Ukraine thanks to the arts. So despite what's been going on, there's been some good stuff as well. Uh, Arts of every medium create the cultural fabric of a community. Expressive works are of the highest importance, allowing for an introduction, education, and pride in who the artists are. In Eastern Europe, where decades of harsh Soviet repression gave way to the fits and start of liberalization, LGBTQ rights have often been at best ignored and at worst maligned, according to the article here. This societal outlook left a generation of the queer community behind in much the same way that those who came before them were. Among the former nations of the Warsaw Pact and USSR, Ukraine has begun to become a leader if ever so reluctantly, in creating a space of equality for those citizens who identify as part of the LGBT community. Part of this newly found mantle of leadership has been displayed through an ever-increasing gallery of books, films, paintings, and photography that have been produced by gay, lesbian, bisexual, and gender non-conforming Ukrainians. One of the first films to emerge following the uh, Maiden Revolution... Uh, the, uh, this is Gay Propaganda, LGBTQ Rights in the War in Ukraine, focused on the initial 2014 Russian invasion and the aftermath of Russia imposing its gay propaganda laws on occupied Ukrainian regions. Those of you who have been listening to Lavender Hill for the decade or so that we've been on, you heard us talk about that back when Corwin was part of the show. Um, Back to the article for you, though. While that riveting documentary was produced in 2015, in 2013, a drama about lesbian love titled simply, I Love Her, was screened in Germany. And due to the successful reception of that four-minute short, by 2017, a feature film of the same name was produced with the support of the Barcelona Film Commission. So, you know, a lot's been going on there in the Ukraine that we may not really have been paying attention to here in the U.S. until, well, Putin decided to, uh, you know, uh, try to uh, throw his weight around again. Uh, So there's been a lot of wonderful stuff coming out of Ukraine. There's going to be even more wonderful stuff coming out because of, in part, just in part, because of the most recent invasion from Russia. I've been seeing... uh, community reactions not just from the Lincoln community because we do have a Ukrainian population here as well but uh, people across the internet who are of marginalized communities within their own countries let alone uh, from Ukraine or are descendants of Ukrainian immigrants to other countries who have been stepping up and sharing the pride they have in their heritage whether they be LGBTQIA 2S etc whether they be uh, people of color who, for one reason or another, were in, you know, their family was in Ukraine and then came elsewhere, because it happens. I mean, people are everywhere, right? Uh, There's been a huge surge in that awareness. Nothing that I'm ever going to say positive about uh, Putin, Uh, you know, Russia's own Dolt 45, 
You've heard me say it before. There's at least four of them out there now, uh, almost like clones of each other, at least politically speaking. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, going to be interesting seeing what comes from uh, the Ukraine over the next uh, several months and years uh, in the way of arts and culture, because people, at least those of us who lead somewhat isolated lives here in the United States, because, well, we're still... a much more insular of a country than anybody really would imagine are becoming more and more aware of what's going on in these other parts of the world that we paid no attention to because it had no effect on us well it does now all righty well we are just uh what a week away just a little shy of a week away from dr lauren olson visiting lincoln nebraska again the author of finally out as well as his latest book, No More Neckties, a uh, collection of memoir essays of his life. He's going to be at Indigo Bridge Bookstore next Saturday uh, doing a reading from No More Neckties and uh, meet and greet and all that. I have the pleasure of visiting with him Tuesday evening via Zoom, going to be doing a recording session for Lavender Hill. Uh, and that's going to be airing very soon as well for you. So you get to uh, you know hear from him if you don't make it to his uh, reading there at Indigo. And then, of course, that's also the same weekend as Hastings Pride here in Hastings, Nebraska. And then a week after that, we have Star City Pride with the parade and the festival and all that wonderful stuff. Uh, the, the official kickoff for Star City Pride is a, uh, a pre-event party on thursday the uh the 17th and then of course the 18th friday there's stuff going on at the mat lot for the festival uh you know live entertainment uh both friday night and all day saturday so uh you know check that out if you want and of course uh saturday morning you get to uh hear me announcing who's marching around the capitol as uh one of the lead mcs for the star city pride parade and uh, you might even get to uh, meet with me and some of your other favorite programmers from KZUM over at the KZUM table for the Star City Pride Festival. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I hope to see many, many, many of you out there. And, uh, you know, I had a caller earlier during that last song, which kind of prompted me to remember that it's been a while since I've invited you, the listener, to give me some music suggestions as well as feedback on what it is that I talk about. You can either call in when I'm on the air or you can send an email. Uh, you can uh, send that email to lavenderhill89.3 at gmail.com. If that's too much for you to remember, send an email to music at kzum.org and Twyla or Deb will get that to me, most likely Twyla. She seems to be our digital person there. Um, and uh, we will you know, see what we can do for you. And of course, check out the Lavender Hill Facebook page. I don't get a whole lot posted throughout the week but I do try to get every article that I wanted to talk about and some that I couldn't talk about for whatever reason as well as you know links to those YouTube videos for the songs that I can't play on the air get to have a little bit of fun now and again with all that but uh, we are about five minutes away from handing things over to Deb Anderson with the women's show she's joined today by uh, Twyla Twang uh, so you get to, uh, you know, hear from her as well. And I'm going to pull up, what is it that, uh, Deb's going to be doing today? I don't want to have to make her come in here and tell me, so I'll just pull up her post. Um, if, 
wow, there's more technological issues happening for me today. Maybe it is my silent guest's fault. <laughs> All right, there we go. Finally got everything to load up. All right, so uh, today on the Women's Show, and you'll get to hear it from Deb as well, she's going to be joined by Rick Peters, uh, uh, Rickabilly himself. Uh, from Rock and Bones, he's going to be sharing some of his favorite uh, music by For and About Women. And Twyla is going to be talking with Sarah Shiloh Ray about her new album Bluebird Junction in the first segment of the Women's Show that is on the Sweethearts and Badasses of Americana and Beyond interview series. So that's going to be a whole lot of fun. And well. Once again, I played more music than I was planning today because of some tech issues. So let's see what I can come up with here. That kind of fits, kind of fits, kind of fits. Oh, hey, this, this, this might do it. This might do it for you. <laughs> might also uh, get some strange looks out of the ladies that just came into the studio, but we'll find out. I always get strange looks from Twyla, though. <laughs> Uh, so thank you for tuning in to Lavender Hill here on KZUM. Uh, and my apologies to Deb for not getting her set up this morning. She's shaking her head, gone, no big deal. She can do it. She can do it. All right. So, oh, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. You always are. So we are going to hear from the Righteous Mothers, the Homophobia Tango.